Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Wednesday morning, the 4th of January, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back in the chair. Thanks to Maddie uh, yesterday for filling in. But lots to get through over the course of the next hour. We are broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. SENQ 693am up there in Brisbane and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast number hasn't changed. 1300 01 1170 is our open line number. We can send a text anytime throughout the course of the next hour. 0457 736 736 is our text number and a big show ahead of a big day here on SEN. Of course, the third test, the last test against South Africa beginning today. Coverage from 9 a.m. That's 8 a.m. Queensland time right here on SCN. Of course, if you're heading out to the SCG, I'll tell you how you can listen to us in real time as well a bit later on. So our coverage of the SCG test begins straight after breakfast with Jimmy Smith and Michael Carey Arnis from 9 a.m. Sydney time, 8 a.m. Queensland time. Um, a few interesting team changes potentially going to happen for Australia in that test match. We'll talk about them in just a second. Plus, also on the show today, we've got Maddie Cox from uh, Tradies News in Melbourne. Haven't spoken to Maddie for about two months. Uh, he's very busy. He actually spoke yesterday uh, to Pat Cummins and also Glenn McGraw, of course. Glenn McGraw, head of the Pink Test for the McGraw Foundation. Interesting to see if he got any insights in particular from Pat Cummins. We'll ask him that in about 10 minutes or so when we have a chat to Matty Cox down in Melbourne from Tradies News in Melbourne. Plus, uh, being Wednesday, I wasn't on yesterday, so just changing a few things up a bit this week. Chris Perkins, I was always going to talk to him anyway from America in about half an hour, but definitely now. So to get the latest uh, of an awful incident in the NFL yesterday, uh, you would have seen it on the news. If you weren't watching the match, you would have seen it on the news last night. It was all over social media as well. Uh, the awful scenes of DeMar Hamlin uh, collapsing mid-game. Uh, the game, in the end, being postponed. Uh, had to be given CPR on the field. Uh, so we'll get the latest from Chris on uh, how he is going, uh, if there's been any change in his condition. And we'll have a chat with him in about half an hour. And we'll also uh, talk about some of the other sport happening in the USA. But, uh, yeah, really scary, scary scenes yesterday in the NFL for the players on the field, obviously, most importantly, uh, the friends and family of uh, DeMar. And, of course, uh, I think it was about, what, about 65-odd thousand at the ground. Uh, yeah, really scary scene. So our thoughts uh, and prayers go out for a speedy recovery. But we'll get the latest from Chris Perkins in about half an hour's time when we cross to America. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our open line number you can text 0457736736 couple of things on the agenda today the game at the SCG beginning today the weather for the next few days is a bit dicey in Sydney the past two or three days have been magnificent but we are expecting uh, some rain over the next few days and after today some cooler days as well it does seem and I saw Pat Cummins talking about this on the news last night it does seem every year when the Sydney test rolls around we're talking about the weather, so hopefully for the most part the weather holds off. But the game at the SCG, test match at the SCG, 
I want to know your favourite SCG memories on 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Now, it may have been when you've been at the ground or you may have just been watching it on TV. And obviously at this time of the year, we think cricket at the SCG, but there is other sport played at the SCG as well. Heaps of rugby league and years gone past and more recently as well. AFL, of course, being played there uh, for many years now. So your favourite SCG memories, 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. There's a few that stand out in my mind, cricket related, uh, which I might mention a little later on the show if we don't get them on the text or the open line. But 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Your favourite SCG memories, any sport, uh, of course, uh, cricket at the top of the list, but if you have one in rugby league or AFL, uh, flick me a text or call the open line anytime over the course of the next hour. And there would probably almost be now some people uh, lining up, actually, uh, to get on uh, get a seat at the SCG when gates open. Let's go straight to the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is our open line number. Mark from Quakers Hill is on the line. Mark, morning to you. G'day, how's it going? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year too. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just about to go out and start work. Oh, yes. I tend to get up around about, I tend to get up about 4am every morning, start work at 7, so it's always an early start. It's good fun, isn't it? Um, some of my favourite SCG memories are mm. AFL related. I was I was there that night when uh, Barry Hall decked that West Coast Eagle. <laughs> yep. And... Uh, you know, it was in some ways you could see it was going to happen because the Eagles put this kid on Sydney on uh, Barry all night. You know, he's needling him, he was fouling him, he was sledging him, and Barry wasn't the type of person you'd want a, a sledge on the field because he used to be a two-time Australian Gold Glove boxing champion, and he just decked this kid and knocked him out cold. And Barry got about six weeks for it, but there wasn't any uh, garbage coming from the Eagles to the Swans after that, and the Swans ended up winning the game by about sixty points. And uh, I did take a American friend to an Aussie Rules match, and he absolutely loved it. And we ended up sitting behind one of the goals there, and uh, yeah, we got a bird's eye view of the whole game. It was great. So uh, yeah, got some very good memories of the SCG in years gone by. Hopefully, more to come in the future. Yeah, Mark, we do obviously consider the SCG first and foremost a cricket venue, and it is called the Sydney Cricket Ground. But there has been a lot of AFL rugby league played there as well. Another AFL moment would have been when Tony Lockett kicked his a thousandth goal. But you think about the Sydney. Oh, you think about the Sydney Swans, um, made the grand final last year, obviously not the result they wanted, but you think about the Swans and how much success they've had at that ground for many years now. That's right. And it's like, you know, Sydney have become as integral to the Sydney sporting landscape as, you know, any NRL team like the Eels or Panthers or uh, Bulldogs. And uh, there's a lot of fans, a lot of us Swans fans here in Sydney. So, yeah, they're a real important part of the city to us. Yeah, just quickly before I let you go, Swans, you're a big Swans fan. How do you see them going this year? I know the AFL season's still a couple of months away, but do you see them going one better? I can definitely see us going top four Mm. uh, because we've got a good mix of uh, young, skillful, speedy guys and uh, skillful veterans like Buddy, and I think we've got a good mix to take the premiership again this year. All right, well, hopefully a bit of a better performance than uh, in the grand final uh, earlier. Well, no, oh, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Mark. Call any time. Thank you.
Mark okay. on the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is our open line number. You can text a couple of texts coming through. I'll get to them in a second. 0457736736 asking you about your favourite SCG memories. Doesn't just have to be cricket, as you heard from Mark there. Uh, any sport, cricket, AFL, rugby league, as we get set for the third and final test match of this series against South Africa to begin. Uh, a little later on this morning, which you'll hear on SEN, your favourite SCG memories, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or 0457 Back to your text in just a second. Uh, speaking of the test match uh, beginning today, a few comebacks. Matt Renshaw appears poised for a shock test comeback today. As Australia fear for a batting carnage on an S on MS on the SCG mystery deck. So they were last night set to back. Uh, unexpected combination of only four specialist bowlers for the final test with Ashton Ager to play his first ever test on home soil as a second spinning partner for Nathan Lyon. Now, plans to unleash the wild thing Lance Morris appeared to have been crueled by the fact that Australia will only play two quicks, it looks like. So Ashton Ager, who hasn't played a test, I think, since about 2017, and Matt Renshaw, who made a career high back in... 2017 at the SCG of 182 against Pakistan. He hasn't played a test match since 2018. So both of them look like they will feature in Australia's lineup today when that test uh, squad test team is named. What do you reckon? Are you happy to see both of them back? Um, great sporting comebacks because Matt Renshaw, uh, he's been in obscurity really for many, many years. As Junega, he's sort of been on the cuff. You're happy to see both of those guys back in the team, if that is indeed what happens today at the SCG. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 or 0457 736 That match beginning a little later on this morning. Coverage on SEN from 9 a.m. Sydney time, 8 a.m. Queensland time. Uh, we'll get to your text shortly. 0457 736 736. Asking you your favourite SCG memories. Doesn't just have to be cricket. Can be uh, AFL. Can be rugby league as well. Great sporting comebacks. Shock inclusions. Uh, it looks like Matt Renshaw and Ashton Ager are to play as well. Plus, we'll update you on the latest on the Big Bash. A lot of tennis going on as well. But on the other side of this, we're going to have a chat to Matt. Matty Cox from Tradies Hughes down in Melbourne. It is 10 past five in New South Wales. 10 past four in Queensland. We'll be back right after this. It is 14 past five in New South Wales, 14 past four in Queensland. In a second, going to have a chat with Matty Cox from our Tradies Hughes in Melbourne. I haven't spoken to him for a couple of months, so we'll uh, talk to him. A lot of things to uh, talk to him about as well. We'll also get to your texts on 0457 736 736, asking you for your favourite SCG memories. And tomorrow on the show, Andrew Menzel, who I spoke to last week, uh, one of the hosts of the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, he'll be in the studio with me. He'll join me for the full hour of the show tomorrow between 5 and 6. one 1170 or 0457 736 736 is our text number. And a very good morning to you, Dan. Hello, Matty. How are you? Long time no talk. Yeah, I was about to uh, introduce <laughs> you as who's this. Yeah, I know. I heard just before we get started, I heard your first chat with Alex many, many weeks ago <laughs> now. Um, you're still not forgiven for what you said. I can't really exactly remember what you said, but I, I don't miss anything. I get told about everything around here, uh, Maddie. Well, 
I'll put it to you this way. I remember what I said, but there's <laughs> not a hope in hell that no. I'm going to be repeating it now that you're on the other end of the No, microphone. of course not. I didn't, didn't think so. I should find that clip. We'll play it next week. How are no, you, mate? I don't think so. No, I think it'll be no, leave it. removed okay. from the logger. Yep. I'm well. I'm That's well. Good. Jeez, there's been a, uh, a bit happening in the world of sport. But first of all, what was it like to witness the Rugby League World Cup, first mm. of all, the tail end of that, and then the... The FIFA World Cup in Qatar over yeah. on the other side of the world. Uh, Rugby League World Cup was very good. Went over there, uh, got over there just for the final. Went to Old Trafford, which was a magnificent experience, Maddie. I'd, I'd been to Old Trafford before, but just to do a tour. I'd never seen a sporting game there. Um, there was about, oh, stretching my memory now, it feels like a long time ago, but I think it was about 50, 55,000 people there. Really good atmosphere. It was, I think, slightly disappointing that England weren't in that final, uh, just from a selfish point of view, because I think the atmosphere, if they were in it, were, would have been fantastic, but it was still very good atmosphere and a decent game. Samoa really put up a good effort against Australia, but in the end, as one would have expected, Australia too good, but a magnificent experience. And I'd recommend anyone, whenever the next Rugby League World Cup is over there, I think the next one is actually in France, but the next one in the UK, I'll definitely uh, be going back over there for that. And yeah, it was very interesting being in the UK for the Football World Cup. Um, in particular, when England got off to that really good start, one six two in that first game. Um, it was a Monday afternoon. The pubs were packed, Manny. It was a 1pm game. I think everyone had the afternoon off uh, work. And then it was a bit of a roller coaster ride when they only managed to draw to the USA. And then uh, they got into that match against France. And Look, they had a lot of chances to win that game. We know what happened with Harry Kane. I'd have to say, and I, look, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying attention to the front page of the newspapers and everything, but I don't think that the media and the fans were as harsh on the England team as they have been in the past, simply because a lot of people who watched that game, um, they probably thought they were the better team for the most part. But yeah, it was disappointing. Would have been good from a selfish point of view to see them go further just for the atmosphere over there. Uh, but that final, that France-Argentina final was fantastic. And it was good to see the Socceroos have a really good tournament uh, as well. So yeah, another really, really good uh, tournament. There's a lot of controversy wasn't there coming into it, Matty. But yeah, a lot of fun being over there for it. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask you. How were the Socceroos mm. interpreted over there? Like, were they? We got swept up up in it here massively, mm. and we all got on the bandwagon, and we were all celebrating the success when we made the the group of sixteen. Was it? as appreciated over in Europe as it was here? It's interesting because they played, what, four matches, and I was in different parts of the UK uh, for all of it. I think the first match against France, I was watching it in a bar in Glasgow, and that was dominated. It was actually interesting. It was a nighttime game. More French fans there than the Australian fans. And when Australia scored first, there were a couple of cheers. But then as you sort of went along, we had a 10 a.m. game, I think, UK time, the one Australia won against Tunisia. And then I was out for that game against Denmark. I think it was like a Tuesday afternoon. I was in Edinburgh for that game. Um, and there was a lot of Australians actually in the pub that I was in watching it. And not arranged. There were just people there. And even um, the Englishmen and uh, all the other people, there were people from various countries at that point in time over in the UK and Edinburgh where I was they were enjoying watching Australia play and I ended up watching that game against Argentina in a bar in Dublin uh, with one of my partner's friends who I'd never met before an Irishman who did live in Australia for a couple of years and he he was thrilled with the way the Socceroos were playing so yeah I think 
obviously didn't dominate like it did over here and you wouldn't expect it to. But people, yeah, really happy to see how Australia went and hopefully, I know there's been issues locally, but hopefully the Socceroos at least can continue on that good form and uh, get another really good World Cup performance in four years' time. And not only that, but the momentum to come off it and start the the recognition for this group of players to become the next Mm. stars of Australian Uh, football. And no one, just quickly, no one expected them really to do anything, did they, Matty? So it was a magnificent performance and a really, really entertaining and good World Cup. It certainly was. And now you're back here to the uh, good old alarm at about 3.30 uh, in the morning. Loving it. Wouldn't have it any other way, Matty. Um, now, <laughs> just before we get to some of the issues, Pat Cummins, you spoke to him yesterday. Did he reveal anything, anything about maybe about Ashton Ager or Matt Renshaw? I used that as my first question and he gave me nothing. Ah. Um, and so my journalistic credibility has gone down the toilet. <laughs> but a shame. He only revealed that it was going that the wicket is looking quite uh, spinny, which I think everyone is aware of, given mm. the the reports that have been coming out of Sydney for about the last week. But he confirmed that, and they've got an idea, or at least when I spoke to him yesterday morning, they had an idea of what was going to make the 11 up for Australia, but they're not going to reveal it until the toss, which is a different strategy to what they've done for the rest of the summer, given that they've pretty much announced the team the day before, if not a a little bit earlier than than that. So this is a very different tactic, which Mm. to me indicates they're not settled. They're not entirely confident that one strategy prevails over the other, which you can understand given that there are so many options, so much flexibility that's enabled now by the players that are, there are are on offer. And and the one biggest one, which I think would spark the old Victorian New South Wales debate is how can you drop Scott Boland from Mm. this side but how can you leave out Josh Hazelwood when in the background you've got lurking Lance Morris, who's almost been given the, the rubber stamp of approval with Andrew McDonald saying during the last test match here on SEN that he's got a role to play in Sydney. So make of that what you will. Yeah, you're right. And it does seem uh, what you said a minute ago. They just don't seem to, they don't know really which way to go, it appears, doesn't it? We'll see what way they do go, though, when that team does get announced in a few hours' time. Do you feel that's a good thing, though? Given, and I spoke about this a little bit yesterday, Mm. uh, after, or might have even been before the chat, that... Mm. This, this Australian team has achieved so much this summer. Mm. And I don't think we're truly appreciating the dominance that we've seen from them. The, the, I admit after the West Indies series, I was feeling a bit, mm, are, they, are they as ruthless as they need to be? Are they as attacking as they need to be? But this South African series has, has proven that they can be. When they've got confidence... They they can be unstoppable, and I know we've got India and England to, to come, mm. and that will be the true test off home soil. But you can't help but admire what they are achieving at the moment, and the fact that they've got this flexibility now amongst the playing group, I think, makes us a stronger team. Yeah, look, and it was interesting being over in the UK, I'll openly admit, I didn't see much of the West Indies tour at all, but it was interesting to hear about this first test against South Africa being done in two days, and then being able to watch a lot of the Boxing Day tests. It has been a very dominant summer by Australia. We were talking on the show last week, and I've got... Uh, cricket journalist coming into the studio tomorrow morning about 
how I think a lot of people expected South Africa to be well, definitely more competitive than the West Indies. But uh, whilst it's been probably slightly disappointing from that point of view, you, c- you can't take anything away from how well Australia have played over this summer of cricket. And any way you look at it, you have to look at the fact that South Africa were ranked either, I think they were ranked two overall Mm. in the world coming into this series. They were ranked three in the World Test Championship rankings. Mm. So they were one of the top test sides. We've annihilated them. Yep. I know they've got their own issues, but that's where they were ranked. If you're looking at the pure stats, Mm. the facts and figures... That's where they were ranked when we entered this series. And the fact that we've done what we've done is extraordinary. And that's sort of worrying. Oh, it is extraordinary. It's sort of worrying for the Test match rankings as well. Although I think Australia is going to be tested a lot more against India and then in that Ashes uh, series sort of in the middle of the year, you'd have to say. And it's going to be interesting as well here, Maddie. Uh, before we move on, because... Uh, we're not expecting the best weather, unfortunately. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. What a what a surprise. The SCG test, we get to, what is it, the 4th of January. You've had a nice sunny couple of days, I see, up yeah, there. Yeah, it's been beautiful. the weather. Yeah. And lo and behold, there's a bit of rain predicted for the SCG test. Yeah, rain later on today and then rain over the next few days, a few cooler days oh. as well. Yeah, it's just... Uh, well, at least we're guaranteed that this test will go five days. Well, quite possibly. I actually saw Pat Cummins on the news last night saying that. It always seems to be a talking point, doesn't it, at this time of the year about the rain at the Sydney yeah. test. You Sydney siders, fair income. Uh, yes, I know. Look, Matty, I just wanted to quickly chat about a couple of other things uh, with you. Novak Djokovic, because once this test match is done, yes, we've still got the Big Bash League, which I think has had a bit of a resurgence uh, this year going on. But the summer of tennis well underway, the Australian Open, there'll be a lot of focus on that beginning what, in about 10 days' time. Novak Djokovic back in Australia. We know what happened last year. He was very good in that match in Adelaide yesterday. Um, and I know this is probably something we'll talk about over the next few weeks when it actually does happen, but what do you think the reception will be when he takes, you would imagine going on to Rod Laver Arena, but we'll wait and see where he does play, but when he plays his first match in Melbourne at the Australian Open in less than two weeks' time? I've got a feeling that it'll be a case of ripping the Band-Aid off. Yep. I think the initial reception won't be warm, mm-hmm. and I feel feel, though, that if he's successful in the tournament, that by the end of the two weeks, yep. most of what has happened won't have been forgotten, mm-hmm. but it'll be lingering in the background. It won't yeah. be the main talking point. I, I think we'll, uh, we'll again, we'll, if, if he's successful and goes on a dominant run, mm. I think we'll begin to appreciate more his tennis ability than than what has unfolded off the court over the last 12 months. In saying that, mm. anytime you mention his uh, name, I peer across to the mm. old 40 Wings temper text and there is not <laughs> a great deal of warmth no. in terms of sentiment that is directed towards him. All I hope for mm. is if there is some sort of disruption or booing that that that's where it stops. I don't want scenes like what we got at Amy Park the other week cuz that that would just yeah. absolutely ruin Melbourne's credentials to be the sporting capital of this country. And it was interesting yesterday, I didn't watch the match, but I saw some of the highlights on the news. When he was in Adelaide and he played very well, he got, from all reports, a very good reception. So 
It'll be different, I think, in Melbourne, though. I, I just have a feel. But I, I agree with you. I said last week, I think the first time it might be a bit awkward. But if he has a good tournament, which you would expect him to do, he'd be one of the favourites to win it. I think, yeah, it won't be forgotten, but I'm with you. I think it will be in the back of people's minds by the end of that two-week period, in particular if he goes on to win it. Absolutely. And, and if he does go on to win it, then we just have to, again, as I was talking about the Australian Test Team, I know that they've had all sorts of distractions off field for the last 12 to 18 months, but you have to appreciate what they're achieving on the field. And that, that is the same situation with Novak Djokovic. Yes, what has happened has happened. And whether you like it or not, he's now playing in this tournament. And you have to appreciate if he does go on a successful run, you have to appreciate what he's able to achieve as one of the greatest ever tennis players of all time. Yeah, totally agree. And you'd imagine if he can play all four major tournaments this year, he'll be going uh, hell for leather. Before I let you go, um, 2023, it's begun. Happy New Year, Matty. Um, yes. We should have started with that. We probably should have, yeah. Uh, you're, what are you most looking forward to in 2023? Is there an event you're most anticipating, most looking forward to, obviously, the various uh, rugby league and AFL seasons, but is there anything else uh, on your agenda? I really am now highly anticipating the Ashes series. Yep. I mean, India is going to be a test in itself, and, that, and that'll be great to watch. Mm. But the Ashes series in the middle of the year, mm. particularly if we, well, if we win today, we're guaranteed a spot in that World Test Championship uh, final, so it, that that will take place. I think that's in June, so that might be before the the Ashes get underway. But if we're coming off the back of that with victory there, with a solid series against India, I don't. Mm. I mean, it'd obviously be nice to win against India, but I mm. think as long as we're incredibly competitive and pushing them all the way on their home soil, then I think that sets up an Ashes series. Given the the whole baseball phenomenon and <laughs> Brendan McCallum and Ben Stokes revitalising the English cricket team or test cricket team. Mm. I'm eagerly anticipating what we might be able to achieve in England. Yeah. And, and the other thing I love about the Ashes as well, Maddie, is it's on in the middle, of the, which is a bit awkward for us here as we wait, but it's on in the middle of the night. You can stay up and watch it all night if you want to. It's, it is great to have uh, Ashes cricket in the middle of the year. I know you've lost all your holidays now, so maybe that's the time of year I might take off to uh, just in go and enjoy that over there. I've got one point to bring up with you before I let yes. you go. Yep. Adam Zampa last night's mm. created a bit of controversy in the, the BBL. Mm. I think it, world cricket in general is grappling with this issue at the moment. It's mm. the run out of the bowler's end. Now, it was discounted last night because he had completed the bowling action or the arm had rotated past the highest point, which is what is the uh, official letter of the law. If it passes the highest point, then you can't run out the uh, batsman at the non-striker's end who is out of their crease. Mm. What is your thoughts on it? Do, do you like the look of it? Do you, do you think it is a legitimate tactic to use? Well, I suppose, and we saw it similarly with what who was it, Michael Nisa earlier on in the week with that catch yes. over the side. I suppose if it's in the laws of the game, then it, you, you can argue that it's legitimate. But there is a difference, I think, Maddie, in a lot of sports, but in particular cricket, there is a difference about things being legitimate and things being a good look. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced on it. What about you? I've got no problem with it. You've got no problem? Okay. I th I, well, it's I've... in the game, isn't it? It's part of the game. Well, for me, it's I've got, yeah. 
a legitimate dismissal. Yep. Yep. There's no if you if you're a you are a batsman that mm-hmm. is trying to take advantage yep. of the non-striker's end, yep. particularly in big bash cricket, we know that there's the intention to run. Mm. But if you're trying to take the advantage, why isn't the bowler allowed, allowed to? Or at least is the optic given that they shouldn't be allowed? I don't understand, and I am being. This debate has been raging for the better part of the last year, and probably a lot longer than that. But it's certainly been raised in conversations a lot more frequently. I I just don't understand why it is not treated as it's okay, it's fine, yeah. it's part of the game. If you're seeking to get an advantage and you're caught out doing it, you're out. Yep. And especially, as you said, especially in big bash cricket, which is very quick, only 20 overs as each innings, as we know. Yeah, I, I, look, I agree with you. I don't see a huge issue with it. And again, it's part of the laws of the game. If it's, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't part of the laws, then obviously it'd be very different. But yeah, I'm, I'm really with you. I don't see a huge um, issue with it at all, Maddie. It'd be no. interesting to see what it's like on the text line. But yeah, I'm with you. Yes, I'm curious to see what the fallout's going to be over yeah. the next uh, five minutes. Uh, good to chat with you again, Dan. Yes. Nice to hear your dulcet tones. Very good. Should we do it again next Wednesday? I don't know. I reckon I'll try and get Alex back. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. Well, well, he loved the early mornings, Alex, so I'm sure he would be. I know he did. I'm sure he'd be <laughs> thrilled to be back. Uh, yes, we'll chat next week, Matty. Good on you, Dan. Thanks, mate. Uh, Matty Cox there on the line from Melbourne, host of Tradies News. In a nutshell, in Melbourne, we'll speak to him again each and every Wednesday throughout the year, uh, basically, uh, on Tradies News in a nutshell. Now, just before a break, we're going to have a chat with Chris Perkins in America asking you for your favourite SCG memories, 0457 736 736, or you can call the open line anytime, 1300 01 1170. A couple of texts we'll kick off with here. This one from Craig says, Dan, good morning. Favourite SCG memories has to be Michael Bevan hitting the four off the last ball in the one-day international game versus the West Indies. Um, and who could also forget Steve Waugh hitting, uh, hitting a century off the last ball uh, to bring up his century, which is, I think it was 20 years ago yesterday. Iconic moment. Cheers, Wild Panther. Yeah, they were two of mine. Uh, I remember Michael Bevan. I was only about six years of age when that happened. Just an iconic moment in Steve Waugh, really, to save his career. And this from uh, uh, from Big G. Morning, Dan. Happy New Year. Uh, you two, my favourite memories of the SCG are, uh, again, Michael Bevan hitting the winning runs in the 1995-96 first, the West Indies. And uh, rugby league-related, 1985, the Penrith Panthers playing in their first final series. Eels smacked them, but it still meant something to be a part of. Cheers, the big G. Yeah, of course, the SCG. For many years, uh, well known as a rugby league ground, was the main rugby league ground in Sydney. And, of course, we've just seen a few years at the SCG with the Roosters playing there. And they'll actually be back there a couple of times this year as well with the uh, Women's World Cup uh, disrupting, although I'm really looking forward to it, but disrupting the NRL season. A couple more texts there. I will get to them in a second, but your favourite SCG memories, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. On the other side of this, we're going to cross to Chris Perkins and get the latest from America. It is 25 minutes to 6, 25 minutes to 5 in Queensland. 21 to 6, 21 to 5. Back to your texts on your favourite SCG memories shortly ahead of the third and final test, which you'll hear on SEN 0457 736 736 or open line 1300 01 1170. But time to cross to America now. We do it for Makita this season. Makita is helping you rule the outdoors.
outdoors. Chris Perkins is on the line. Freelance sports journalist Chris Perkins. Good morning to you. You keep getting these titles added to me. You, you do. You do, do you like the titles, though? Yeah, you know, all of them work. The problem is my business card's becoming the size of war and peace. <laughs> well, that, that's not a bad thing. That's, you, you know, you can do many, many jobs, which is a good thing. Oh, you can credit Charlie for giving you that name as well. Big yeah, fan hey, of yours. Hey, it, works, hey, it works for me. Like, like I said, I don't mind any title that's hung on me. I'll, I'll, I'll take every one of them that's true or yeah. moderately true. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now, on a more serious uh, note, we were always going to speak today, just uh, shuffling things up a bit uh, this week as I wasn't on yesterday, but... Awful scenes yesterday in that Buffalo Bills-Bengals match. DeMar Hamlin collapsing during the match. We've Most of us have either seen, uh, well, was either watching it live or seen it on the news or on social media. CPR had to be uh, given on the field and the game ended up being postponed. Uh, what's the latest on uh, the story and is there any update on his condition? Latest update came about 2 a.m. U.S. Eastern time. So we're, you know, on about 11 hours or so. That's the, uh, and he's listed in critical condition mm. at University of Cincinnati Medical Center, which is a level one trauma center. One of the best hospitals in, in the Cincinnati area, if not the best hospital, and the most prepared for something like this. Mm. Uh, but what happened is uh, he's, all, he's under sedation as last report. Uh, and being treated, tests are being run. But what happened is um, Hamlin made a tackle on T. Higgins, and it looked like a routine tackle, you know, bodies to life, like they do hundreds of times in an NFL It looks, sorry, Chris, it looks Um, so innocuous. It just looked, yeah, like a normal tackle, yeah. It absolutely did. What I noticed when I saw the replay was that T. Higgins' helmet hit Hamlin's chest. Okay, Mm -hmm. and and with a decent amount of force, but nothing ridiculous. Uh, But and and, you know, both players go down as you do in a tackle. Hamlin gets up and immediately collapses. Mm -hmm. Um, And what what I've been hearing from what I've been hearing and seeing on online is is that there there's a condition that when the when you take a, a a severe blunt trauma to the chest, a, a hard hit to the chest, there's like a microsecond amount of time that if it hits right at that wrong instant, that the heart can can get out of rhythm, go arrhythmic, and have to be shot, which mm. they had to use an, a, a defibrillator on the field in addition to the CPR. And it took me back to what happened 25 years ago in a hockey game. Uh, St. Louis Blues defenseman Chris Pronger in a playoff game took a slap shot to the chest. And, and, you know, we're talking a hard rubber puck hitting you in the chest at high speed. And Pronger, the same thing kind of happened to Pronger. He got up, tried to skate off, and collapsed. That's kind of what we saw last night. Uh, with with Hamlin, but you know they they have great medical crews. Uh, both teams have doctors. Uh, they have emergency personnel on standby, and they did a fantastic job of taking care of him and getting him stable to transport him to the hospital. Uh, but you know we see injuries in every NFL game. We have seen ambulances take players off the field. What we haven't seen before is CPR being performed on the field. And when you're talking CPR, you are talking about somebody's life hanging in the balance. Mm.
And, and that that is a situation you just don't see on a on a sporting field all that often. No, um, and thankfully, uh, so it, uh, the last one that really stands out for me anyway was uh, in football. Christian Eriksen in the Euros, I'm sorry, not last year, in 2021, um, who collapsed. I'm unsure. My memory's a bit hazy whether he, I think he might have been given CPR on the field. That was a very scary moment. And thankfully now he survived and he's actually back playing uh, football now. But yeah. it's, yeah, very, very, very worrying indeed, uh, Chris. Now, if if you want, if you, if you want, you know, some, you know, some, something to, to hang on to that, that Hamlin can make a full recovery. I mentioned Chris Pronger, what happened to him in 1998. Mm. He missed exactly one game. He okay. was on the ice four days later playing mm. hockey. Well, so I, pretty... that, that gives you hope mm. that if, if this is something similar and you hope and pray for that kind of result, that he'll make a full recovery and, and be back on a football field very soon. Um, a- after this very, very scary incident. But, you know, in terms of the game itself, yeah, they postponed it. Mm. Uh, they've postponed it. There's no word on what, what they're going to do about it uh, because they played about nine minutes of the game, and this was an important game for both the Buffalo Bills and the, uh, and the uh, Cincinnati Bengals because they're both fighting for the number one seed in the AFC along with the Kansas City Chiefs. And am and I, sorry, am I right, Chris? They're going to have to figure out this out. Yeah, am I right, Chris, that they didn't want to postpone it straight away? It was actually the players and the coaches that ended up really making that decision. There, there's a lot. There's a lot of speculation and a lot of differences of opinion because you you heard them talking about well, they're going to give the you know the the officials will give players a few minutes to get warmed back up because of the length of the delay, uh, getting him treated and and on his way to the hospital. Um, yeah, and that's standard because so every injury, even when ambulances come onto the field, I mean, back in week four, we had Tua Tagovailoa, who is in, in Cincinnati, suffer that concussion and be taken to immediately to the exact same hospital DeMar Hamlin was taken last night, and they continued the game. Um, so, I mean, standard, standard procedure is, you know, if there's a lengthy delay, you know, give give the teams a chance to warm back up, and we'll continue the game. Uh, but you saw Zach Taylor and and Sean McDermott kind of meet on the sideline, and after that, they they took their teams off the field, and that's where that's what led to the postponement. So I'm I'm sure the the on field officials were thinking, okay, we'll give you some time to to warm back up, and we'll continue. And the coaches and players basically. Came came to a came to an agreement of we mm. we can't we just cannot until we know what's going on with our brother in arms, you know, a man who you know who plays this dangerous game like like the rest of rest of us do. Until we know how he's doing, this is all we're going to focus on, yeah. and we we can't focus on playing football. So, totally get why the players would do that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, running short on time, we'll hear more about that on Friday when we uh, chat just really quickly uh, on a lighter uh, topic, the Winter Classic at Fenway Park yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Outdoor hockey at its finest. Uh, Pittsburgh and, and Boston, Pittsburgh Penguins, Boston Bruins. It, it's the annual New Year's Day or close to New Year's Day winter or outdoor game that the NHL plays. And they played at Fenway Park before, but, man, Fenway always looks good, at, you know, in a, in a hockey set, for a hockey setting. Have the rink in there. Had almost 40,000 
at Fenway Park yesterday for a really, really good hockey game. Mm. Boston, best team in the league. Uh, a couple of third period goals. They rallied back, beat the Penguins uh, yesterday, two to one. But it was great atmosphere, great scenes there, and yeah, uh, the Winter Classic is always one of my favorite events. Seeing seeing outdoor hockey in front of a larger crowd than you normally get in, in an indoor arena setting. When you can get forty thousand in a baseball stadium or seventy thousand in a football stadium, which you get with some of the winter classics. It's just a great atmosphere to watch. And, and outdoor hockey, it's kind of, kind of a throwback to a lot of, uh, a lot of these players' youth, especially mm. those who grew up in northern states or in Canada. Because, you know, wintertime, everything's frozen over. What do you do when you get up in the morning? You put your skates on, you go out on the pond, and you skate until, uh, until it's dark. You play hockey until it's dark. So kind of getting to play outdoors again, kind of a throwback to some of these guys' youth. I have to admit, Chris, I'm kind of missing the cooler weather. You're making me jealous. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we will chat <laughs> again on Friday. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about and hopefully a positive update on DeMar Hamlin's condition as well. Thanks, mate. We'll chat again on Friday. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Thank you. Uh, Chris Perkins, freelance sports journalist in America. He'll join me on Friday morning. Uh, Manny Cox mentioned uh, the big bash. We do this for Isuzu, the Isuzu D-Max. Live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. Last night, uh, the Renegades winning by 33 uh, runs. Impressive uh, performance as well by Tom Rogers. Uh, five for 16 of four overs in a new Renegades uh, record. Uh, in the end, the, star, the Renegades made seven for 141 off their 20 overs, the Stars, they could only manage 108. Two games coming up at the Big Bash a little later on today. Sold out at North Sydney Oval at 6 o'clock, 6.05. Sydney Sixers taking on the Brisbane Heat. Hopefully the weather holds out for that one. And then over in Perth at 9.15. Sydney time, 8.15 Queensland time. Perth Scorchers will host the Sydney Thunder. We'll take a break. We'll come back and wrap it up with your text. Your favourite SCG memories. 0457 736 736 is the text number. Or you can call 1300 01 1170. It's 10 and a half to 6 in New South Wales. 10 and a half to 5 in Queensland. Six minutes to six o'clock. Breakfast not too far away. I'll tell you what's coming up on the show in a second. Let's finish off with your text. Favourite SCG memories on 0457 736 736. Uh, this from James. Uh, the grandstand urinator at the Wallabies game. Rugby is so boring. What else is there to do? Thank you, James. Good to have you back in 2023. Uh, Mark, uh, the Yeovil Treeman says on the text, hello, Yeovil. Uh, hi, Dan. Happy New Year. One of my favourite SCG moments was also one that I was also in attendance, that being the last ball century by Steve Waugh in the New Year's Ashes Test back in 2003. Yeah, very popular one. Good to have you back for the year, Yeovil Treeman. And Arthur from Paddington will finish us off with a few of them this morning. Uh, he's got listed five. Uh, one being that Steve Waugh century. Two, Manly's first premiership, 1972 versus East. Uh, three, 1980 Bledisloe versus All Blacks. Four, the 1996 Sydney Swans prelim final against Essendon. And number five, all our Sydney High School Athletics Carnivals. Thank you very much for that one, for Arthur. Thank you for all of your texts this morning. Even James's. Uh, coming up on Breakfast with Jimmy Smith and Michael Carianis after 6am, 5am in Queensland. Laurie Horish uh, from ESPN will join them. Barat Sunderason from our SCN Cricket Commentary team and Brett Phillips to wrap up a very, very successful couple of days uh, for Australia. Novak Djokovic also very good yesterday in Adelaide. Tomorrow on the show, Andrew Mensel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me for the whole uh, show in studio. Someone in studio so early in the morning. Thanks to your company. Coming up next, Jimmy Smith, Michael Carianas. Have a good day. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m.